Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. The views and opinions of this show are directly those of the hosts and its guests. It does not reflect the opinions of its affiliates or its sponsors. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views. And it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens... When a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view, <laughs> something epic. This is Paratroop Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. Hope you guys are having a wonderful new year. We are kicking it off with a new guest. We met him over at uh, Scarefest this past year. You guys might remember that episode that we did. Uh, It was a decently fun time. We had fun, (laughs) but the event was kind of, eh, hopefully it'll be better next year or whenever we go back, right? Uh, like we'll we said, you. I think we're just it's stop time to stop being a spectator and actually participate as part of the the event. Right. Oh, for sure. I, I think it's just and for three days, you can only see so much right. like over and over again with three days. So if right. we don't go back as you know a, a a vendor, then we'll just have to do like one day and spend the rest of the time at Epic Taco or something. Right. <laughs> epic taco uh, so please sponsor us right uh, I, I think about the that those tacos like almost regularly it's sad <laughs> like when i have a taco here in ohio i'm just like oh, it's not as good but anyway <clears throat> let's go ahead and jump into the show here uh so we met uh, this person while we were walking around the room his name is tony evans and he is the author of some independent books uh, he's the author of Better You, Be- Better You Believe, a collection of horror, Sour, The 11th Plague, and Wicked Appalachia, a collection. Justin has actually bought one of these books. I think we mentioned it last week, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, uh, do you- I believe so. Yeah. Uh, I bought The 11th Plague and Other Tales of Satanic Terror. Um, and just the cover itself is awesome. So. Yeah, so you guys are def- definitely going to have to check that out, and I'm sure we're going to have like an image of one or maybe several of his books in our little uh, banner. Uh, but nonetheless, let's jump straight to the line with Tony. Tony, welcome to Parachute Radio. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing okay. How are you guys? We're doing good. Awesome. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of interesting because we, we meet a lot of people when we go to Scarefest and you're one of those people. So it's really cool to have you on uh, to talk to us about your books and just in general, some of the stuff that you learned while writing these books. Um, so one thing that we do want to want you to mention, or at least tell us a little bit about is what got you interested into some of this paranormal aspect stuff? Well, <clears throat> I've liked horror my entire life. Um, when I was a child, my dad, he was a preacher uh, before I came around. I have an older sister as well. She can remember that part. Um, but when I was uh, when I was a child, from as young as I can remember, he, he didn't preach anymore, but he was still very strong, uh, you know, like a very firm believer, Christian kind of person. Um, 
And he would always show me horror movies, which is kind of contradictory to what a lot of, uh, <laughs> you know, preachers would, would think, but we never had a lot of money. I remember when he would get paid, he would go down to the video store and he would rent a VCR, uh, every other Friday. And one of the movies that he always rented was uh, Friday the 13th part seven. Um, it's the one with the girl who has the telekinetic powers or whatever she, mm -hmm. you know, throws things around. And that stuff really got me interested in horror. Now, <clears throat> coming from that Christian background, uh, kind of got me interested, I guess, in, in the more paranormal type side, you know, uh, I have two degrees in biology now and I'm very much a scientifically minded person. So I kind of, I go back and forth on that. But the thought of, uh, like when I was a kid, even me seeing Jesus, I used to be so scared that I'd walk through my house and see Jesus because I wouldn't be able to explain logically in my mind while, why he was there. And uh, that's kind of the thing about paranormal things that, that really gets under my skin is I like to have a logical explanation for things. Um, and the large majority of, of paranormal activity, I guess, if you want to say that, um, kind of relies on on the belief that you can't find a logical explanation for it and that stuff whether i believe it or not it creeps me out to to no end like there has to be an answer and for me and i don't it creeps me out when things like that happen right and it would most people but coming from a, a logical mind like you're saying a scientific mind um if you can't explain it it scares you even more because then is it real? Is it not real? Is your mind playing tricks on you? <laughs> yeah. It just goes through your mind of, of what is going on. Um, and you know, I, I was looking up different legends from Appalachia, just getting ready for this episode. <clears throat> and some of them we've all heard about like Mothman and, and Bigfoot and stuff like that. Um, what are some of the more obscure legends that you can think of that maybe some people haven't really heard of? Man, there's, there's hundreds. I mean, it Appalachia mount, mountain areas in general are really interesting. Um, and Appalachia being, you know, the oldest in the United States, one of the, one of the oldest in the world, is very, very, very rich uh, in folk tales, I guess you could say. Mm. Uh, even even when I was a child, you know, and we didn't have much to do, you'd have the electricity cut off. We told stories to each other. That's kind of how that stuff gets passed around. So it really depended on what holler you went to. Um, even within the same county, the, each holler would have kind of a different version of the same tale. Um, like you said, Bigfoot's very popular still in Kentucky. The Mothman got a lot of recognition with the movie, The Mothman Prophecy, uh, which mm -hmm. is a fantastic movie, by the way. But some of the some of the ones that I guess I gravitate to most are things about what we always called holler witches, uh, or some people call them granny witches. And they're really popular in Appalachia. Um, and they, they kind of have their roots around real uh, things or real happenings. So, so the whole thought is that Deep in these mountain hollers, you have these old witches or old hags, some people call, who can uh, heal sick people. Uh, they can help you with your misfortunes, but they always do it by using herbs and, and uh, different remedies that they find in the mountains. Now, my dad would tell me these stories about, and again, this is completely like flipped from being, you know, religious preacher kind of guy. But <laughs> he would always tell me these stories about these old holler witches who would uh, uh, never never fail would turn into these black panthers 
and eat babies in the heads of the holler. Like that's their whole point was they would go around and eat these babies. And it was just kind of these tales to make sure that we were good and didn't wander off in the hollers. Um, but around Appalachia, that's a really, a really common one, especially in the more local areas. Um, there's a really cool one in Kentucky called the Hopkinsville Goblins. And uh, it's kind of just outside of, of the Appalachian area, but it's, it's really widely known throughout the mountains. And it, it kind of has to do with these uh, aliens that came down in a spaceship back in the 50s um, to the town of Hopkinsville. And people still swear today that it happened, but, you know, there's, there's obviously no proof of it. Um, mm-hmm. Other common ones, you have things like uh, in Virginia, there's this, uh, I can't remember what they call him, but there's this, this guy that, that dressed like a rabbit who lived under a bridge and he would, he would lay out candy for kids and they would come and he would, of course, take the kids away and eat them. Um, there's the goat man from Kentucky, um, mm-hmm. a really popular one in, in both West Virginia and Kentucky are the, uh, the little blue people of Appalachia or what they call them, the little blue men. And that, that actually also is a, is a factual thing. It's a genetic, um, deformity from inbreeding, which doesn't help mm. the case of being in the mountains, the story, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, uh, they have this bluish purple tint to their skin. It's, it's a really creepy phenomenon. Oh, but like I said, man, there's, there's tons of them. I could go on and on and on. Uh, the Grampus is a really good one. Uh, based on a salamander that exists in the, the streams in Kentucky. It's creepy stuff. <laughs> wow. hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of interesting because, I mean, being from Northeast Ohio, we, we have some legends here, the dog man, our own grass man, a lake area monster, things like that. But every time I go into West Virginia and I travel regular, pretty regularly throughout the year, uh, but West Virginia, I always stop at the Tamarack, which is like halfway through or so. And I always go to the book section because every time I go there, there's a whole new like wall of books on paranormal things in West Virginia that I've never heard of before. And I'm just like, I go there and I just start writing these things down so I can bring them back to our radio show and uh, mm-hmm. talk about them. They're, they're really interesting. Uh, now, in terms of the, the folklore, uh, do you find, or at least in your research, have you found that some of these things happen to be based on more factual evidence or is it simply just stories passed down from one generation to the other? Well, a lot of it actually is based on things that really happened. Um, okay. Some of it, sometimes it gets stretched out of proportion. I mean, if you remember that old game, I don't know if you guys played it um, called telephone when we were in school mm-hmm. and you would oh, have yeah. the whole, the whole class in a circle and one, the teacher would tell the child to say something like, the the crayon is brown or something and by the time it got back around to the original person it was completely different than what the teacher said um that's kind of a, a good example of how factual events can get morphed into just ridiculous legends but mm-hmm. no i think a lot of them are based on on factual events um the bell witch is a great example uh so so that family existed that was it, it is known it is documented um whether all of the events that led to the death of, of the family uh, are quite like they say, they, they can't be sure because the records are kind of scarce. Um, and it's kind of just hearsay, but that's a fantastic example of, of one that started from factual events. Uh, like I said, the little blue people of Kentucky, that's another one. That's hundred percent factual. Um, a lot of the ghost stories, and I'm sure this is kind of where you were leaning more. I know the Tamarack's a cool place, and that book section's fantastic. Um, and, and West Virginia, 
is one of the more mountainous areas of the Appalachians. And you get a lot of ghost stories out of that. Um, most of that stuff kind of, I guess, is bent around a factual event. Like we had ghost stories in the hollers where I grew up um, about these children who would die. And typically they would die from like genetic diseases or uh, some other kind of uh, virus or bacteria that they just couldn't treat as well back then. But being kind of on the, the outskirts of the Bible Belt where we grew up, um, there's always another explanation for it. And it would be the hand of God, or it would be these demons, or it would be um, the ghost of, of Mount Sterling Holler or whatever would, would have come and taken your child away from you. I mean, the way that I look at it, those are based on factual events. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, most, folk, most folklore kind of does originate in reality. Right. And that's something we've talked about a lot. And uh, it's funny that you bring up telephone because that's something that Eric references quite often about how things get out of proportion. Um, the the blue people that you keep mentioning kind of reminds me of a legend in Ohio, uh, the melon heads, if you've ever heard of the melon heads. I've heard that. Um, yeah. So it, it that kind of makes a lot of sense as because like the melon heads, the, the, the blue people, there are these deformities that way back when people couldn't understand. So they turned them into legends or monster stories or stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, that's really common. That happens more often than people think. Right. Um, has there ever been any legend that coming from a, a scientific mind that you're like, no, there's no way that's based on fact at all. I say that all the time, actually, uh, just about everything. <laughs> and I'm going to preface this with, and this is just the way that I feel. Um, I try, I try to stay grounded. Okay. And I, I don't necessarily believe in demons and ghosts and stuff, but there's always something that'll happen that, that just creeps me out and it makes the hair on my neck stand up and I can't explain it. And I have to question myself. And so when you hit a, when you hit kind of a, I guess a spot like that, you start thinking to yourself and you you come to this realization that maybe you do believe you just don't want to admit it because if I'm right. scared of things like that, then deep down, even if it's primal survival instinct from, from, you know, years of evolution back, there's something in you that, that says, wait a minute, maybe you're wrong. <laughs> you know, this is, you know, that, that weirds me out too. But I mean, I've got several examples of things like that happening to me and, and kind of, I just brush them off anymore, but when they happen, they freak me the, I mean, they freak me out pretty bad. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, sometimes I am writing stuff and I'm just like, no, there's, there's no way this, but then you dig a little deeper and you know, most of it, most of it started from some random thing. Right. And I think I, I find myself in that position a lot too, especially just watching various shows on TV or reading, uh, doing research through various, whatever I'm studying, whatever monster ghost or whatever. And they, you know, you start seeing things out the corner of your eye, you start feeling things. And it's like, okay, come on now. That's, that's not real. It's in my mind. I'm just playing into it now. And you got to yeah. take a step back, put the book down, turn off the TV, whatever, you know, to get your mind right. Um, but then it's like there's moments where that's happening and then all of a sudden something moves or you hear that knock in the in the wall or on the door. I'm like, no, what the hell's happening? Like, and is something now? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's creepy, man. Um, and like for me, no, I, I, I mean, I personally believe in demons only because I've had demonic encounters or what I believe were demonic encounters in the past. Um, and one thing that I noticed uh, when we were talking to you at Scarefest, actually, is your book, The Eleventh Plague and the uh, other tales of satanic terror. What was it that actually brought you into wanting to discuss those type of things in your book? Uh, well, again, and I, and I, I do not claim to be a Christian by any means. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more what one would term agnostic than I am anything. And, and that, that kind of goes to what you're saying. See, I can't sit here, even though I may not believe in this stuff 100%, I can't tell you that it's that, that I'm right because I just, I have no proof to show that I'm mm-hmm. there are weird things happen. Um, but possessions, uh, are something that have always fascinated me. Uh, like the fear. So, so I know what I can do. Like I know what I'm physically capable of. I know what I'm mentally capable of. Most humans do, but the, I guess the thought or the fear of something uh, that is pure, 100% evil, taking possession of your body and doing things to other people or to you is one of the creepiest things, man, in my mind that you could, that you could conjure. Uh, It's not so much that I'm afraid that it'll kill me. It's just that I don't, I don't like the thought of something, something that's pure evil getting a hold of my body. Uh, uh-huh. Demonic possession is, uh, I don't know that it's real, but there are two, I always tell people there are two kinds of movies out of everything in the world, two kinds of books, if they're done right, that will literally scare the absolute hell out of me. And one of them is a really well told ghost story and a really well told possession or demonic story. Um, I've watched them before and read books and you can ask my wife this, uh, make me afraid to get up out of the bed at night. Like if I have to wake up at three o'clock in the morning, I have to go pee. I turn every light in the house on because <laughs> you know, that it, it plants this seed in my mind. I don't, I don't like that feeling, man. All right. <laughs> no, dude, I, I get it. Like one of the scariest movies I've ever watched and it's probably not the scariest movie out there, but for me it was, and it was the fourth kind. Um, oh, I think it was Mila Kunovic or however you say her name. Uh, and there was like this mix of like, is it aliens or is it something more demonic? Cause it kind of yeah. played into the mix of both things. But at the end of that movie, I know for like two, three days straight, I go outside at night and I'm looking up at the sky just to make sure there's nothing hovering over me. Cause I'm like, dude, that was creepy. When, yeah, when she gets possessed, I'm like, Oh my God, that, no, hell no. I don't want to have no, to go through that. There are three that done that to me. Um, the first one that I remember happening was, uh, the exorcism of Emily Rose. Mm-hmm. And there's this scene where she's in her college dorm and she has this seizure and the way she, Oh God, it's creepy, man. And I, you know, I was in college at the time I watched it and I just remember thinking, hell no, I'm not waking up. I'm not seeing this. If I wake up and see my roommate climbing up the wall, I'm losing it. <laughs> Another was, um, and I loved this movie until the very ending was the woman in black. Um, okay. I really like the book uh, better, but the movie is very well done until the end. I think. It creeped me out. And then more recently was uh, the autopsy of Jane Doe. That is a phenomenal one. If you've never seen it. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that one. So I'll have to look it up. I I love horror movies. Um, Have they scared the crap out of me? Absolutely. Uh, One that's always stuck with me and, and Eric knows this because we've talked about mirrors. Um, It was the movie mirrors. I cannot look at a mirror straight on anymore because it's about a demon that's stuck in a mirror and starts killing people 
using mirrors. Um, and it, it made you see your death and then it actually happened. And that's one that I'm like, yeah, I can't look at mirrors anymore. I, I can't look at clowns anymore because of it. The, the original it, not even the remake. Um, and then you guys are probably going to laugh at me, but the ring scared the living crap out of me. Like that's a good movie, man. (laughs) It is a good movie. That's good. it was creepy getting into a shower and seeing the little the drain hole at the bottom because it's in the shape oh, of a ring. I'm like, if I see, I was more worried about there. the TV turning on and then a girl climbing <laughs> out of it. <laughs> and you know, that's actually based on a series of books. That was just a small part in the book. That movie, right? It's actually based on a Japanese folktale or folklore, mm-hmm. right. right? Very yep. creepy. Um, but no, man. Uh, yeah, some of that stuff is is too creepy. You said something about me. I don't. I don't know that I've seen that movie, but it reminded me of this one old. I think it was a Tales from the Dark Side, maybe, where this guy thought he was going nuts, and every time he would look in a reflection, he would see this ghost coming from behind to kill him. And eventually, what done him in is he he broke all the mirrors in his house, covered them up, um, took off glasses and everything so he could see reflections in them. But he got stopped at a uh, like a roadblock. And the officer, I believe it was, that looked down at him. He looked up into his eyes and he saw the guy's reflection in his own eyeball. And he came to, you know, oh, kill him while he was standing there. So creepy. That is. You, creepy. Know, you want to talk about creepy ghost shit, man? Mirrors creep. I don't. <laughs> the whole. Well, there's so many. Yeah, <sighs> there's so many legends about mirrors and so many different um, peoples that cover mirrors, like during funerals or something like that or don't have them in their house altogether because a lot of people believe it's their portals to the other side and that if you have them in your house spirits can freely walk through your house yeah that's still a very commonly observed thing actually in the south and and in the mountainous areas is when you have a funeral if you have what they call uh it was it's kind of like having the weight but you have it at your house um people would cover the mirrors because they were afraid that the soul would, would go into the mirror or that something would come back out of the mirror. Right. It's, it's very yeah. strange. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't say that mirrors creep me out regularly, but there is something when you're in the bathroom and you're like, you're like lean over to look into the sink or something or spit toothpaste out. And there's always that split moment where I'm like, do I really want to like look back up into the mirror? And <laughs> like, I don't know what's in the bathtub behind me right now. <laughs> Just <laughs> turn off the light and leave. Don't even look. Yeah. No, that's funny, man. <laughs> Um, so you, you've done, I believe five books now. I've done quite a few. I've got stories in quite a few as well. I have four. Oh, okay. Four published. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in looking back at all of those books and, and thinking about the stories, which I get, um, a lot of times when you write, because I'm a writer myself, Eric is a writer as well. If you have this thought in your head, you have to get it out. Otherwise you keep thinking about it, even though you might still after you're done writing, but it, has there ever been a story that you're like, yes, it's finally out. You don't think about it anymore. You don't worry about it. Anything like that. Uh, I don't know that there's been one like that. I mean, I've, I've had them come to me where I feel like I have to sit down now and get it out so that i can get it how i want it you know a lot of times as you both probably know since you you are writers um you'll start a story and you have a really good idea of where you want it to go 
and you'll take a break from it for even a day or a few hours and you come back and it kind of just starts going in a different direction. Mm -hmm. Um, one of my favorite stories, and, and this is a really classic Appalachian urban folk tale, um, is about bloody bones. And I remember writing that story, the, the very first draft of it in about 45 minutes, wrote like 2000 words in, in 45 minutes, just because I really, you know, it, it was a great story. My dad used to tell me all the time and I got this really good idea for it. Um, I've changed a little bit since then, but I mean, that's probably the best example of one of those that I have. Okay. I feel like I just had to get it out. Right. Yeah. It's, for a long time, like I would always be, I, I drive a lot. Like I, mm-hmm. I was working in film, so I was doing a lot of traveling. And when you're in the road, on the road, a couple hours, few hours between destinations and you have a thought and it's like, well, I can't write it because I'm driving. Mm-hmm. So I started recording everything. And I have like all these recordings, I've got like 20 recordings on my phone that I haven't listened to. And it's all <laughs> ideas that I'm all currently working with. And I know if I went back to listen to those recordings, it'd be completely different than what I'm doing oh, yeah. currently. And I like my biggest thing is, of course, that roadblock where like you get halfway through a book or a story and then you're like, well, hell, where does it go from here? Yeah. And, like I've been stuck on two different stories that I'm doing. That I'm just stuck on. I'm like, I don't even know what to do here. And yeah, it's like, absolutely. you know, you try to reach out to other people, but sometimes like people have their own ideas and they like try to change the story for you. And I'm like, eh, that doesn't work. You know, it's, it's, writing's frustrating. No, that drives me crazy, man. When that happens, uh, it's, it's like, I can see the way that I want things to play out so clearly in my head. Mm-hmm. But then when I start writing it, maybe three, four pages into it, maybe even further when I get to the, the big twist. Um, I just can't figure out how to put it down. It drives me, drives me yeah. absolutely bonkers. Yeah, man. I don't know if it's like, it, it's gotta be something with like just the store that like the world building, you know, building that world. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I write, so I regularly write screenplays. I don't need to worry about building a world because screenplays are kind of just a, 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 like a roadmap for the mm-hmm. director, whoever to look at, and they come up with all the fill in. Well, I'm writing a novel as well now. And it's my first novel. And it's just like, man, trying to build a whole world is just, it's driving me crazy. Like, this is not oh, yeah. something I'm used to, you know? Yeah. But no, that can crazy. get complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know it can get complicated. I've seen it. It's, it can be rough. Yeah. So I out doing short stories and, and okay. that, yeah. that's harder. I think than most people give it credit for as well, but I agree. Like, especially cause there's like, typically three acts you can do like a three act or a five act story and it's one thing when you're doing a novel or a long version of a story you know but when you're trying to cut it down to whatever it is page a couple pages a thousand words even i think i did that uh-huh. once still trying to find that beginning middle and end in a thousand words is yeah. like what do i cut out in order to make it still sound good and flow but yeah it can not be, draw it away can from the story problem. yeah mm. um so you've got books out now what are you looking for in the future here? Like, are you working on something now that you plan on publishing soon? Or do you have anything else in the works? I uh, currently am actually working on two right now. Uh, okay. One based on uh, this old, like boggy mountainous area. And this uh, lady who was drowned there, um, kind of an old ghost story that I picked up from Southeast Kentucky when I used to live down there. And uh, I've got another one based on, and this one kind of is a little different, but it's based on like uh cannibal hillbillies kind of just the old typical trope but there's a supernatural element thrown in uh about a place where they're not allowed like even these cannibals are not allowed to go mm-hmm. hmm. but yeah all right
right, Tony. Well, that's pretty much all we got for you. So we're going to give you the mic to tell everybody where they can find you, find your books. The, you know, the mic's all yours. Uh, awesome. Okay. Well, I'm very active on Instagram, uh, at Tony Evans Whore. Twitter, I'm somewhat active. It depends. Uh, same username, at Tony Evans Whore. Uh, my website, www.tonyevanswhore.com. It's all pretty easy. You can uh, <laughs> contact me through that. Um, I have an author page on Amazon. You're welcome to go there. Um, I'm at a lot of different conventions, especially in the Appalachian kind of region. I do Indianapolis, Louisville, Lexington, Nashville, Knoxville, uh, doing some in North Carolina this year, doing some out in Illinois, I think Rock Island, Illinois in May. Uh, but I'm always available on to chat on social media. I love talking to people. I uh, love hearing stories, ghost stories, anything about horror, local stuff. It's fantastic. I love it. Uh, feel free to holler at me any way you want. All right, Tony, thank you for being on Paratruth Radio. No, thank you guys. I appreciate it. All right, folks, that was Tony Evans, author of The Plague and Other Tales of Satanic uh, Terror, uh, as well as Wicked Appalachia, Sour, and Better You Believe. We're going to take a quick commercial break. You'll hear Eric's random fact of the day, a quick commercial, and we will be right back with Paratruth Radio. Now, Eric's random fact of the day. A group of crows is called a murder. A group of dolphin is called a pod. However, have you ever wondered what a group of porcupine are called? According to womansdig.com, a group of porcupine are actually called a prickle. This was Eric's random fact of the day. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. I'm Justin. New Year. Is this a new year, new you type of thing, or is it just a new year for you? Like, do I have New Year's resolutions type of sure. thing? Um, yeah. I wouldn't say New Year, new me. Um, I do have some New Year's resolutions, which I've I always usually think are cliche because most people never reach their New Year's resolutions, but. Um, one of my biggest resolutions is to start writing, whether that's in a couple of word prompt books that I got 
for Christmas a, a year or so ago or two years ago um, and start watching my diet and my weight to start losing some weight again. Um, but, uh, well, and on top of that, start improving on Paratruth Radio. I think that we have a great show and there's a lot of great things we can be doing with it. So those are my three big ones. Okay. What about you? Well, those are good ones. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, just get healthier and more fit, you know, that's a joke for people who yeah, don't know. Like, I like you have no I fat is, on your body I'm, whatsoever. No fat, and I'm in the gym all the time. <laughs> uh, no, for, for real though, like one thing for sure is I want to wrap up my novel and I want to wrap up my Christmas screenplay, uh, which I'm, they're both just kind of, in purgatory is that the right ones now. you were talking about you you're yeah stuck they're both in purgatory <laughs> and i keep like meaning to do i finally got my, com- my computer my, my uh, laptop has been kind of dead and sitting in a corner for a while for some reason <laughs> and i just plugged it back in today so i can get back to writing because like morning is my time to write so hopefully i start working on the novel tomorrow um but yeah i got to get up here and work on the screenplay too uh get that done but so that's the first thing um the second thing is really just building out like like changing my focus to figure out what i want to do long term for myself Mm -hmm. whether that be especially business wise because i mean as you know and i i know i've mentioned it on the show you know i quit a full-time job so i can start working more more or less for myself you know get Mm -hmm. free from uh the ball and chain if you will that is you know a boss um, yeah a boss uh which i started doing and it's nice i don't make nearly as much money and that's okay with me because i have the freedom which gives me much i've i've literally like in the past four weeks my my i think my my attitude has changed significantly my emotions feel like i feel more uplifted i guess uh more relaxed i'm able to do stuff and i'm still comfortable so you know that's something uh, but I kind of want to move forward with my uh, film production company. I want to build that up. Uh, and of course, work on building up part of that is doing more musical intro, outro stuff for podcasts and kind of getting that business up and going. Uh, so those are the main three things that I'm working on uh, this coming year. And I've ha- I have them written down so that I kind of have a bit of... Um, I think a lot of it is we keep it in our minds to do this, do that. And then as time goes on, it kind of drifts away from us. So I thought if I wrote mm-hmm. it down, maybe it would help keep me established on focused work done, you know, more focused. Um, I want to put it out there for anyone who like Justin is looking to get healthy this year. Um, stick to it. <laughs> Let me just say that, okay? Because here's one thing. I, I'm with you guys. I want everyone to get healthy and happy and all that stuff. But now is a time of year where I get frustrated because I go to the gym regularly. And right now it's peaceful. There's nobody there. And I know <laughs> J- January 2nd, I'm going to walk into that place and I'm not going <laughs> to be able to work out because everyone's going to be there. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're going to leave next week. You'll be gone in two days. You'll be gone and yeah, you'll stick it out for a month, but then you'll leave. And I got to wait a month before I have my free, like my free space again, uh, which, you know, I'd rather see everybody there actually putting in the work, but you know, it's not an easy task. So if you are planning on getting healthy, 
start motivating yourself because it's difficult. <laughs> but you know, that's something I think I've told you. Um, there's like a the beginning is the hardest because you have to find the motivation to actually mm-hmm. do it. Um, but if you do it long enough, you push yourself hard enough, then within three, four, five weeks, yes, that sounds like a long time, but that motivation slowly starts into dedication. And then you're just simply dedicated. Like you don't need motivation to get to the gym. You just kind of wake up and do it. Um, and that's something I think is very important to try to strive for. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me to, to get myself started and motivated is just getting on the treadmill starting 15 minutes a day on the treadmill and start building myself up there yeah, and then start getting back into the, the weight lifting and stuff like that again. Um, but like you said, yeah, a lot of people drop it really quickly um, because they lose motivation because, and you know this because I've talked to you about it. Um, Shelly has uh, made her frustrations to me about, well, you know, my, my body's not changing. I'm I'm losing pounds, but I still keep my same shape, or I'm not building enough muscle. So, what's the point if I'm not doing what my goal has been set out to do? Right. Um, so I, I I completely understand how people can get unmotivated because, and I hate to say this, but I think it's very truthful for guys. It's much easier than it is for women. To lose weight and and keep track keep on track um yeah just because they I, I don't know what it is we burn fat and pounds faster than women do yeah not that this is a health and fitness show though you know well I'd be no thrilled if it was <laughs> um <laughs> but you know it, it's it, i think a lot of people especially starting at the new year they jump they they dive into the deep end and they're going, mm. you did it before, uh, you and Shelly, actually, you guys uh, ended up uh, paying a personal trainer to come up with a training program for you guys. You guys yeah. are doing, what, five to seven days a week at like an hour, hour and a half at a time. Yeah, yeah. Like, That's a lot of work when you're just starting out. Uh, coming from someone, myself, having worked out for over 20 years, you got to start small. And that means even just starting at five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day would be better of course 15 better than is even better than that right um but you know you don't have to go an hour and a half you don't have to go an hour or 30 minutes you start off with small increments you do five minutes the first week right not five minutes total (laughs) five minutes every day or every other day then the following week you bump it another five minutes you do 10 minutes right then you bump it the following week to 15 and you build yourself up uh and if you do that you do these in small increments you find that it's much easier for you to progress and you start seeing more results better results because of it um if you're jumping in at an hour and a half your body is shocked but it's your mind is shocked as well And, and you just can't easily uh, push yourself without having someone there to support you as well, like having a support system. Um, so that's why it's nice to work out with somebody who maybe does go, go to the gym regularly or something like that. You know, let them be there to help support you. Don't just jump in with somebody else who also wants to get fit because the chances are you guys are going to feed off each other. If you guys are both having a terrible week, you're both going to just right. say, screw it, you know? So yeah, just keep focused. You guys can do it. 
you know, I, I see we're getting close to the time here because uh, Sarge, Justin's dog, just showed up in the <laughs> webcam. And every time he shows up, it's like this, this is the end of the show. He knows what time it is, uh, which is crazy. Um, well, but yeah, you brought up a good point about, and this is kind of where it wraps into what we do as, as paranormal investigators. You you shock your mind, and by doing that, you can have some very hard mental health problems as mm -hmm. as a part of that, which can cause. I'm not gonna say you're you're having a haunting, but. If you're having depression, fatigue, sadness, stuff like that, those things can cause you to see things that aren't there or can even maybe cause something to latch onto you and cause a haunting. More times than not, it's more so we're not in the right frame of mind, so we start thinking it's a haunting and it's really not. Right. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, I, I think there's a lot of there's health benefits, I think, to fitness, but there's also negative effects if you push too hard. Um, right. And, you know, if that's something you want to do, if you want to have those negative effects and, you know, start seeing ghosts, even though they're not there, and then we can talk about you on Paratooth Radio, <laughs> that does us a favor, but you're not doing yourself any favors. So, right. Um, yeah, take care of yourself, guys. Uh, what's happening next week? Next week. Um... Let is it official? Our... I don't know if we even have anything official yet next week. Yeah, we have a guest. Um, we're going to be talking to Stephen Lancaster. He's the author of Norman and Norman 2, The True Story of a Possessed Doll's Revenge. Um, okay. We've kind of talked about haunted objects and haunted dolls in the past. Uh, Annabelle being the most famous. Um if I'm not mistaken, Norman got even more violent um, than the Annabelle story. So it'll be interesting to talk to Stephen about this because we've never go gone in-depth about a haunted doll. Right. Well, that'd be a um, fun one because, you know, haunted objects are always creepy, but there's something about dolls, man, that just... It's probably from growing up with our grandparents, you know, and my grandma always having <laughs> yeah, right. dolls in there and stuff. But there's something about it that's just creepy. I saw a TikTok uh, yesterday where some kid was super excited because he got a, uh, you'll know what they're called, uh, the Chucky doll. What, what are they called in the movie? They have a, good guys? Yeah, good he got a doll. Like a life-size good guy doll. And he was going crazy. And I'm like, if I, back in my day, <laughs> At the age of that kid was, that thing would have been in the fire pit immediately, <laughs> not even opened. Like, what is wrong with kids? You know what that thing can do to you? <laughs> uh, Chucky survived the fire pit, so I would just be okay, tossing well, him in the garbage. Okay. <laughs> or being like, Mom, you take that back to the store. I don't want it. <laughs> but, I mean, that raises a good point. In fiction, You've seen so many different um, things about possessed dolls, or the the remake of Child's Play was a malfunctioning AI doll. Um, so it, I like we were talking about with with Tony, 
I think some of it goes back to primal fear. Where that primal fear comes from, like for dolls as an example, who knows? But yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's it's <laughs> creepy stuff though to me. <laughs> um, and then we also the week after that we'll be talking to Shelley Kerr, uh, author of Blast from the Past: Healing Spontaneous Past Life memories um that should be a very cool one because i don't think we ever really have ever really talked about past lives on paratruth radio um we've discussed past lives but not had a guest on it um then believe it or not folks eric actually got a guest to talk about chakras yeah which is interesting yeah that was another thing i thought i'd start doing for this uh this new year (laughs) is participating a little more in finding individuals to talk with us (laughs) but that's you know that's something we started doing when we both went through this spiritual growth that we did is a chakra cleansing meditation right Right. uh and it's something we haven't really talked about in the past so i I think it'd be really cool to to learn more about that all right all right folks that is pretty much it um as always make sure you're paying attention to evergreen podcasts uh and killer podcasts which we are a part of uh, they've got a lot of great new shows starting on Killer Podcasts. Uh, I've been told that they are working on a brand new website um, and all just so many great things coming for, for Killer Podcasts and Evergreen Podcasts. Um, if you don't, if you never checked out Evergreen, uh, it's a great collection of like sports, uh, business related topics. Uh, they did have some true crime on there. I believe some of them have gone over to killer podcasts. So, uh, check that out. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, trying to think anything else, Eric, uh, just keep tuning into us. Well, that too. Um, that's that's important (laughs) (laughs) until next week, folks, where you'll find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin and I'm Eric. Peace. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.